0: Hi, this is Pastor James Strickland, and you are listening to our sermon cast for Holman Park Baptist Church. Christ the Rose, Worship Him is the title of our message. And we have a few folks that are logging on to our Facebook Live as well. And if you have the Bible app, you can go to events, find our church, and there will be an outline of what you see on the screen in here today as well. Let's pray. God, may you continue to read or honor the reading of your word, Lord, as we lift you up this Easter, Lord. We are so thankful for the gift of the resurrected King, Lord. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Easter brings the hope of the resurrection and the realization that it was your sin and mine that drove Jesus to the cross That eventually led to Jesus rising from the dead. And the concept of the resurrection actually lies at the heart of Christianity. Because you see, without the resurrection, you can throw Christianity out the window. Without the resurrection, all of the stuff that we're doing would be for naught if you remove it. So folks, join me in, in rejoicing that he is alive and that he is who he said he was. Let's worship him today. How many of you are here this morning and you like to travel? Raise your hands. You like to travel. I'm like y'all. Hey, if I can get out of this zip code just for an hour, I'm having a good day, right? Let alone if you get to, some of you are beach bums, some of you like the lake, some of you like all kinds of different things, but doesn't it just feel good to get out on the open road sometimes? We all need to get away sometimes, don't we? Do you have your favorite place you like to go? Raise your hand if you're a beach person. Okay? mountain person. How many of y'all just rather stay at home? (laughs) I know that there's some there as well, but the truth of the matter is most of us would consider hot spots like Myrtle Beach or Gatlinburg or maybe even camping or glamping, whichever one you want to call it. Uh, Last weekend, Donna and I had the privilege of going to Wilmington, North Carolina, where I officiated the wedding of one of our best friends uh, as he married his beautiful bride. I want to thank Mary Burnett and Weldon Sellers were filling in while we were gone. Uh, I had no doubt that uh, they would do great, and I'm glad y'all let me come back. But uh, it's no secret to those of you who know that, that we all enjoy going to Wilmington. Um, and the thing is, is we used to live there. We, our cars almost know the way perfectly of how to get there. And still, it, it amazes me. Do you ever know where you're going, but you still use your, your, your GPS app? Or Google Maps or whatever you use. That's crazy. You know where you're going, but you might miss a traffic update or you might miss a detour. And, and that, that's me. You know, there's times when I say, why do you need a GPS? You know where you're going. Well, sometimes you just don't know what's going to happen. But the thing is, along the way, there are certain places that we know that we like to stop at. And there's other places where we know we probably shouldn't stop at. Y'all know that with your little uh, journeys that you take, but have you ever been traveling somewhere and noticed that there was maybe a new building, or that a business has changed its name, or or maybe it's closed up or torn down? Just you know, hey, you t- you tell somebody that's different. That they've upgraded that. They they're out of business. Y'all ever done that? Or am I the only one? Come on. All right, little interaction this morning. Good deal. Well, the thing is, is that each time you travel to see something. New and exciting, that's what it is, new and exciting. And there are certain, even though you go down the same road all the time, there are certain benchmarks or signs that you look for in your journey that remind you of where you are, how far you've gone, and how far you've got left to go. Well, Easter, as we are here this morning, Easter provides a great checkpoint or a benchmark for your faith. And mine too. Many people, they live their lives every day trying to keep it normal. Have that sense of normalcy. But the truth, however, is that there's no such thing as normal. As we approach Easter, I encourage you to take a moment, just a moment, to take inventory of your own life. To pause and reflect on what Jesus has done for you and what you have done or or not done for Him today. Because Easter brings hope. Easter brings hope of the resurrection and the realization that our sin is what drove him to the cross. As we worship together this morning, let me encourage you to take inventory on the journey you are on with Jesus. Maybe today be a day of reflection or a day of restoration. And prayerfully, even for some, a day of revival for your soul and this church. And maybe even this community. So let's jump into our scriptures this morning. If you have a copy of God's Word, you can turn to Luke chapter 24. We'll be looking at verse 1 through 8 right now, and we see that Christ arose, have hope today. Starting with verse 1, you see, but very early on, Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. Now just a little background on that scripture. Jesus was crucified on a Friday. And due to the Sabbath being on a Saturday, the Jews, they rushed to bury him. In other words, they rushed to put him in that tomb and secure him before his body had even been prepared for burial. If it was a a modern day process, it would be almost like he was buried before he was embalmed because they didn't want anybody to have to work on the Sabbath, because they felt like that was not something that would please God. The borrowed tomb was near the place of the crucifixion. And the tomb was likely a cave carved into a rock. And the door was this heavy, circular-shaped rock, and it, it, it was in a track. And so you'd have to get these strong men to move it, back and forth to get it open and closed. And so this was done to ensure that no one would disturb the remains. Yes, unfortunately, there were people, and there still may even be people today, that are known as, I guess you would say, grave robbers. But it was very common for people that once somebody was buried, a lot of times families would bury them with all of their riches, and uh, people would go in and try to take advantage of that. And also, they wanted to make sure that the disciples didn't come back and steal his body or do something with him to perpetuate this myth that he was the Messiah. So just a little background on that. His body was laid in the tomb. The stone was rolled to close the opening. And the tomb would have a small entrance, probably with a couple compartments in it, where they would lay the bodies after being wrapped with linens. So what do you think the women were expecting to find there? When they got there, their tomb was already open. That was the first clue that something wasn't as they thought it would be. And then when they wake in, they see his body is gone. You see, the women among them were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James. They were there. They were expecting to see their loved one. They were expecting to see their family member. Mark 16 tells us that the women were wondering as they traveled, how in the world is somebody going to move that stone? How are we as women going to move this stone? Well, God already took care of that, didn't he? Well, the thing is, and here's the application that we can take from this, folks. When we live life without a faith focus, obstacles will seem to be immovable. If you live your life, and I live my life, without a faith focus, the things that are in front of us, the the bills that we have to pay, the things we have to do at our work, the way we have to provide for our families, the, the different things that God puts in our path, the health problems, all of these things that they seem immovable. If we look at those things without a faith focus, they will overtake us. These ladies at this moment, We're not using their faith. They were using their reason. They were using their natural faculties to try to figure out what was going on. So folks, stop looking at your life in this world as if there's no hope. As long as Jesus tarries before his return, there will always be hope in this world. And the power of the resurrected king brings hope to your direst of circumstances today. There's no sin. Jesus' blood will not blot out and no believer that is going to be going through life on their own strength, as long as Jesus is here, and they accept it. You see, folks, the tomb is empty. Christ arose, so have hope today. We see here that the absence of Jesus brings fear. It says in verse 5, The women were terrified and and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee. The Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered what he said. Another translation, one of the angels said, Mary, do you not remember? Here's the thing, folks. Those of you like me that have been in church a good portion of your life or been around Christianity for a while. We know the verses, don't we? We know what we need to say. We know what we need to think. But when the rubber meets the road and we're in the middle of a circumstance, they don't always come to us, do they? Even though we know it, we don't always apply that. And that's what was happening here is that They were so stricken with with doubt and wonder of what had happened. All of a sudden, they needed to be reminded of what Jesus had said. And folks, let me tell you and myself today, as I say this, sometimes we need to remind ourselves of what Jesus has said to us. You see, the stone could not have been rolled away by the women. They were not strong enough. It could not have been rolled away by the disciples because they weren't brave enough. There were guards posted there. They could not have overcome them. No one else could have wanted to roll away the stone. Matthew 28 tells us that it was an angel who rolled it away. And here's the thing, folks. The women were expecting to see a dead Jesus. That's what was in their mind, that Jesus would be dead. They would see his body there. And so the thing is is that a person that is so consumed with themselves has no room for Jesus. His or her help and presence is unexpected and unwelcome. Folks, if you are expecting Jesus to be dead, there are people that think there is no Jesus. There are people that think Jesus was just a good teacher. There are people that think that Jesus was an historical figure. When you remove the deity from Jesus, when you remove the divinity from Jesus, when you remove the resurrection from Jesus, he becomes another figure in a book. But folks, he is not another figure in a book. He is the risen king. He has resurrected. And Jesus is not dead. All these other so-called gods, if you go to their tombs, their, their bones will be there. But Jesus said he would rise from the dead, and he did. And it's amazing that Jesus' missing body brought fear to the women. You see, fear is often accompanied with times where Jesus blows away our expectations even though the women had heard Jesus say that He would rise from the dead, they still could not believe what they saw. Have you ever been in that situation where God does something and you just can't believe it? It doesn't make sense. People ask me all the time, well, how will I know God's will? I'll say, well, there's a few ways. If you want to know what God's will is, God's will is not some great destination that you hope to find. It's not a way to break up with a boyfriend or a girlfriend. It is not anything other than just Living according to God's word every day. And then sometimes it means acting on faith when you can't trust what you see. People ask me, well, how do I know that's God's will when they're coming up with big situations? And I'll say, well, I found in my life God speaks to us through his scripture, through prayer, and through the counsel of godly people. So, my friends, if you're considering a big situation and you're looking for God's will... Make sure it matches up with God's Word, not the opinions of your friends. Not just what your preacher thinks or your Sunday school teacher thinks. Make sure it matches up with God's will. Don't take the Facebook post or the Facebook poll and get your biblical truth from that. It is, they all three have to line up. God's Word, God's will, and the counsel of wise people. And when those three match up, you can tell at least what your next step is going to be. And then the next thing is, I would say this. God's will is likely the one that makes makes the least sense. When I look back in my life, there are things, there's my plans, and then there's what God did. And God, nine times out of ten, what he wanted me to do put me in an uncomfortable position. But it always took faith, and it always grew it. Maybe you have seen that in your own life as well. I like when they said, why are you looking among the dead for those who are alive? Folks, you may find temporary happiness in things that are not related to Jesus, but that is just fleeting. It's kind of like if you get a a good marshmallow pie or something like that and and you eat it. And you're like, man, that's good. And then before you know it, it's just nothing but air and then it's gone. For those of you that like Japanese and Chinese food, you eat it. And then it doesn't stay with you that long, does it? It's almost like you rent the food. But the thing is, is that Jesus is not a quick meal. He's not even a meat and three, folks. Jesus is our nourishment. Jesus is our strength. And Jesus is written. If you are trying to find meaning in anything other than Jesus, you are looking to dead things instead of Jesus who is alive. The second thing that we see is that Christ arose, come and see. In verses 9 through 12, it says, So they rushed back to the tomb to tell his eleven disciples and everyone else that what had happened. And it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles about what happened. Just a little side note, those of you that are all about um, uh, equality and making sure that that women have their rights. I want you to understand something, women and men. The fact that the women were the first witnesses to the resurrected king and that they had more than one person there, a Jewish law said you had to have at least two people to be a credible witness. You realize of all the people Jesus showed the resurrection to, first, it was a group of women. That's how much Jesus loves women and men. They're they're not second-class citizens. They were the first to see Jesus resurrected. It says, but the story, verse 11, sounded like nonsense to the men. Seems like men to not understand what the women are telling them. So they didn't believe it. However, Peter, and I love Peter because we know him through the Scripture. He's the disciple that jumps and then thinks about it. Peter jumped up and ran and took the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings, and he went home again wondering what had happened. You see, the women had seen the result of the Messiah's resurrection just as he promised. And their excitement led them to share the message with others. Are you excited? Are you excited about Easter? Are you excited about Jesus and the resurrection? Everybody's like, yeah, preacher, I'm in church, aren't I? Hey, look, I am glad that you're in church, and and I'm glad that I have the privilege of speaking in front of you, but are you excited about Jesus? Because people share what they are excited about. Oh boy, if you find a deal online, or if you find a deal at a store, or if you hear a buy one, get one for you, we'll let everybody know about that. Or if you find out your favorite sports team has acquired a, a different athlete, or your favorite movie's coming out, or, or the, all these different things are coming we're going to tell everybody about that. Are we excited about Jesus? Yeah, I'm excited about Jesus on Easter, but what about tomorrow? And the next day? And the next day? If you do not share your story of Jesus with others does that mean that you're not excited about it? Even the disciples, I I love this. We think of the disciples as holier-than-thou, perfect kind of men. But look here, folks. The disciples didn't even believe it. They had actually seen Jesus do miracles. They had heard his teaching. They went through Jesus. They They were first-hand observers and yet still had problems figuring it out. So, my friend, if you're having problems figuring out your faith, take heart. Know that Jesus will be patient with you, just as he was with his disciples. And when you and I process things that are beyond our control or belief, there's a moment where we say, no way. But remember, with God, there is always a way. At this point, Peter knew what he saw, but he was struggling to believe it. Folks, you can know in your head that Jesus rose from the dead, but unless you know his words, it will not make sense. The third thing do we see in verses 44 through 48, Christ arose, go and tell. Then he said, When I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, Yes, It was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations. Beginning in Jerusalem, there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. And it says you are witnesses to all these things. What we see here is Jesus is reinforcing The gospel story to his disciples the cross was necessary for man to be forgiven and redeemed it's almost like if you go to a store and they have an item on sale and you miss it and they run out of it and they say i'll give you a rain check and you say yeah i'll take the rain check and what is that rain check you are guaranteed when that item comes back in stock you can redeem it for that item and folks You are that rain check. You have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. You were dead in your sin. But because of Jesus, you are redeemed. You are forgiven. And you are free, my friend, because Jesus has risen from the dead. We also must proclaim and tell others about him. We share orders. When we share Jesus, we are sharing it because he has commissioned us to do that. And that we share it under his authority. I know the common misconception is, is that, well, we go to church and we pay our preacher to do this. I got news for you. I'm going to be held accountable for what I do in my sharing Jesus, but you are too. This is, you can't subcontract sharing the gospel. That's something that every Christian must do. And every Christian has been, has been commissioned to do. And the last thing that we see is we worship. The Ascended Messiah this morning. We worship the Ascended Messiah this morning. It says in verse 50, Then Jesus led them to Bethany, and lifting his hands to heaven, he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken to heaven. So they worshiped him. And they returned to Jerusalem filled with great joy. And they spent all of their time in the temple praising God. Oh boy, if we could worship today and be so filled with Jesus. that when we leave the walls of this building, we go out and tell other people about him. Because we are excited about him. You see, Jesus blessed his disciples and the church. Jesus continued to appear to his people for 40 days following his resurrection. And as Jesus left this earth, he blessed his church, and he continues to do so to this day. We receive this blessing when we worship in church and when we serve him. And the thing is that this blessing Jesus gives you is sufficient to carry you through anything. The only thing that will keep you from God's blessing is not participating in it. So I'll close with this. Worship is not about winning God's favor. You already have it, folks. You do not need to win God's favor, whether you are a Christian or far away from God this morning, in this sanctuary or watching by this video. If you feel like you are far away from God, you still have God's favor. You just need to accept it. Worship is not about winning God's favor. You have it because of what Jesus has done for you. Worship is not about winning God's favor. You already have it. Worshiping God is giving Him the praise He deserves. So why is Easter important today, folks? I'm going to give you five things. There's many more, but here's five things in general. Number one, the resurrection is proof that God exists and He has a plan for your life. When you celebrate Easter today, you are celebrating the fact that God made a plan for your redemption. It is true. You believe it. You have accepted it. And you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that your sins are forgiven. It doesn't mean you are perfect, but he is making you perfect. And it means that you believe and you have received this plan that God had made through Jesus. The second thing, the resurrection proves that God does not want people to perish in hell. Again, I, I hear people say all the time, why does God send people to hell? He does not send people to hell. They send themselves by who they choose to follow. If Jesus sent people, if, if Jesus enjoyed sending people to hell, He never would have sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for your sins and mine. And He never would have made it to where He resurrected so that that way we know that this is not the end. We go on to a better place. That is why when I counsel with families after families and friends at a graveside and those that know Christ know that that ground or that mausoleum or that urn is not the end, but it is the beginning of another journey. It is because of the resurrection of jesus christ it is because that he has made this plan for your redemption It is because he doesn't want people to perish he gives a way out if people will take it the third thing the resurrection proves that jesus was and is the messiah of the old testament over 300 some prophecies jesus fulfilled from the old testament Number four, the resurrection proves that you can take Jesus at his word. And I mean every word. Look, Jesus said, I will rise again. And he did. And for my friends who have been taking the journey with us in Revelation, he says, I am coming again. He will. And then the fifth thing, the resurrection proves eternal life can only be found through him. John fourteen six says it best. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. So folks, Christ arose. May you worship Him. He is worthy of your worship. You are worthy of His love. And evaluate today where you are on your journey with Him. And make corrections where they need to be made. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this Easter Sunday. I thank you that we serve a Savior that has risen, that, Lord, the grave is not the end, that, Lord, this is not as bad as it gets, that, Lord, we know that there is a better place waiting for us. Just as we have the hope of heaven, we have the hope of serving you every day. And, Lord, if there is one person here that does not know you as their Savior and Lord, that maybe today has realized that, okay, I get it. The power of the resurrection means that I can have eternal life and that I can have forgiveness of my sins if I would only repent and confess and tell Jesus that I want Him to come into my life. There may be somebody here in this sanctuary today or watching by way of video. This invitation time, it's for anyone that was wrong. respond. Maybe there's a believer here today that has just kind of let their faith go by the wayside on their journey. Maybe today, this Easter, is the benchmark to say, look, it is today where I refresh and renew my commitment to you, Jesus. Whatever commitment you want to make, may you make it today. As we sing this hymn of invitation, you come down front. I will pray with you. The church will rejoice with you and make your commitment today. For it's in your name I pray. Amen.